Hey, podcasters, we're here to lead the rewatching line. And I'm Rhea in the dock in the car. Treva, Champagne, and Lynn. And we are here to bring you our book to movie adaptation of Pieces of Her. Of Her. Yes. <laughs> it was written by one of our favorite um, authors. I know it's one of my favorite and Treva, so she's going to put me on to it. But it's written by Karen Slaughter. It's her first book to movie adaptation. Book was written in 2018, and this is my pick. I'm so glad you picked Karen Lynn because she is one of my favorites. Um, you downloaded one book, and then I just hit the road run and fell in love with her writing. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to talk about the wine before we jump into the book? Yes. So today we are reviewing Tolosa. 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 I guess I don't know. It's a Syrah. And I normally am not big on Syrah, but I was recommended this by one of my friends who he's not a sommelier, but he works in like uh, the industry for years. And it's one of his favorite bottles of wine because it's full bodied and has this like uh, raspberry undertones. Really delicious. Mm-hmm. So I purchased a bottle from him and um, I'm drinking it. So it's good. Um, random. Can you just pronounce it again? We're not venturing to liquor yet. <laughs> I want to become a sommelier just to say I'm a sommelier. This is say the word. <laughs> Talk about the like, there's only like 180 in the world because it's that hard to actually become an official like. Listen, don't give me no challenges. Oh, yeah. I got enough on my plate. I, I, I saw I'm by myself. I saw a class something? Something? There's a whole program in um, San Francisco and I've looked it up. I looked up the cost. I've looked up how long it would take you to get through it. Like I've already researched it because I was pressed. Can't put that on my plate now right now either but if anybody else wants to do it like let's let's go that's for god don't give me nothing else i'm gonna say no my head would literally explode right although i may take the classes just to be more intelligent about it but i don't think i can reach that level of excuse me certification because it is a lot right right yeah, just the, 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 they make the name so fancy that you want to. I know. First right? of all, for Treva to say, I don't really want, I'm just going to take it to learn and not get the certification. <laughs> Who are we talking to? Who are we talking about? We're on degree number what? Right. This ain't even possible. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So, anyway, let's talk about the book. Um, <laughs> so, I am such a big Karen Slaughter fan, but this is not by far nowhere near my favorite book. This is actually my least favorite book of hers. Um, I would agree. I think mostly because it just wasn't enough killing and blood and stabbing and blowing people up and all that other stuff that she loves to put in all her books, like in the first chapter where you can cannot put the book down like none of that happened and it just was like I like the book but because I knew who the author was it was a little bit of a letdown when I started reading it I don't know how you Rhea you or Lynn because I know both of y'all like Clarence Slaughter how y'all felt about it but you I know just, what I felt what like go ahead Lynn. oh so I was gonna pay back after what Tria was saying because I felt the same way because I was looking for it to give me that same like heart palpitation feeling from every book that I've read of hers but I think if this was the first book that I read of hers, I might feel a bit differently because I was like, okay, it's suspenseful. The plot builds. It actually yep. has like some 
some parts where you're um, a plot twist, you know, how they always has plot twists in her books. But it just wasn't one of my favorites because I was spoiled from reading 15 of her other books before. So I still liked it, but it wasn't what it was or the same feeling because it wasn't on the same page as the rest of her murder, death, kill, now you get to the floor and then find your dead body somewhere else type books. Right. I'm glad you, you guys know. said that. I'm glad you guys said that because um, I, I, I didn't know who Karen's father was. I just knew them, knew her through you guys. When reading this book, I'm just like, okay, why do y'all like her so much? Because I'm just like, this book is a little bit predictable to me because I kind of figured it out at some point, even though I was lost for a minute. Eventually I was like, oh yeah, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. So I, yeah, I'm glad you guys said that because I was just like, yeah. wow. So the first Karen Slaughter book that I read was Pretty Girls. And I'm going to tell you what, you need to go ahead and read that one. And then you'll see why we fell in love. Like that was some gross, crazy that was some crazy mess, right? <laughs> because the tree bus, I wrote that book also. And every book I've read from her just, just stays at that level. And then this one kind of dropped. And I was like, no wonder you chose it for Netflix because the rest of the stuff you could not put on TV. There's no way. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to put the Will Trent series up on um, NBC. So I, I don't even know how that's going to work. But it makes sense that they chose this one because it probably was the easiest adaptable yeah. out of all of her books because someone's not getting, you know, gang raped and stabbed to the floor and all of a sudden like yeah. it's not right. as bad as the you're rest. not ripping babies out of people's stomachs and you know stuff like that oh yeah <laughs> exactly it's so good it makes you feel like a mini serial killer because like a bath because you're like oh my god i love it but i know but yeah. you really do feel like you got to check yourself because you love those books so much but yeah this one did not well, make the cup for me for karen slaughter you know we say it says a lot about the writer too like, well you would think oh, about that and I follow her on social media, of course. Okay. She's like obsessed cats, with her cat. The cat's coming the out the walls. And <laughs> <laughs> she just posted this like, thing up on okay. Instagram of this cat like coming out the wall. And it was like, where is the cat's bones? And I'm like, you know what, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it too. I had to watch it like four times. I was like, where is that cat coming from? But yes, I follow her on social media and she's like a very uh, politically driven person. She's a philanthropist. She's loving cat lady, but like writes these books where you're like, where are you? Are you reading case files? Because you can't just make this up. (laughs) Right. I agree. Anyways, back to pieces of her. I so, did like Ray, it. What were you saying? You liked lost. it? So you know how they say that when you're an author, you you're like your contract says you have to put out a certain number of books. I kind of felt like was this like the book she had to put out? Mm. Oh, to meet an obligation. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But. Yeah, I'm looking up online. It says that this book was a number one international best selling like book. Well, oh. that's a shocker. Um, but I feel like, well, I don't know, Champagne. So you never read any Karen Slaughter and you didn't like this book? You didn't? Okay. Well, I was I thinking mean, it was maybe- okay. I think you guys hyped me up too, though. Like Sorry. beforehand, because you were always talking about Karen Slaughter, Karen Slaughter. So I was like, I, I think I still had that expectation still, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know. Once you read one of the other ones, you'll understand why. But I don't know if I do want to. Wasn't, <laughs> please. A, you're can you going please read Pretty Girls? Cause... Just commit yeah. to reading Pretty Girls, please. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely start with that one. It's one of her standalone books, so you don't have to be committed to a whole series. But once you read that one, you'll completely understand why we have this mentality because we're like, it's it's Karen Slaughter, but it's like like PG thirteen carries Karen Slaughter, mm-hmm. not like the rated R that we're used to. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be saying PG-13. I'm more like the G version. I couldn't think of what's like under that. I was like, oh yeah. PG, 
G, G, whatever. That was a nice storyline. I didn't co- completely figure the whole thing out, though. I, so I, I was still like, hmm. Which I think because, again, we're big Karen Slaughter fans. I kept, kept waiting for the twist. Just waiting and waiting mm-hmm. and waiting. I thought it was, the twist was going to be a little bit bigger than what it was. Because it did leave you in suspense for a while. Okay, like, who is your mother and what has she done in her life? But it, it was this, I don't know. It was a big letdown. Like, I thought it was going to be this big thing. And then it was just sort of like, okay, this group plotted to kill the world because her father was rich. I I like the story. So I don't want to, I mean, I hope those that listen and will take advantage and and read the story because you're going to, I mean, it's a great story, but it's just not my Karen's life. From the book, I kind of got this like um, cult like vibe from it. And I said that because I watched a lot of, cult like stuff on like netflix and documentaries and stuff which is not sane at all but when you work from home it's on and all of a sudden jeffrey Dahmer's on your tv but point is i watch a lot of these like cult type things and i think with the book um what she was kind of going for was this rich one percent society um and how you're supposed to act how you're supposed to feel how you're supposed to like fall in line there's always like one not black sheep but like one oddball that wants to go against the grain which was her and her meeting this free spirit cult like brainwashing guy into this one percent was kind of how easily people can be brainwashed is kind of what I was thinking in my head so Mm -hmm. I kind of put that behind like in the back of my mind as I was reading through it because that was kind of what the vibe I was getting it made made me enjoy the book a lot more because I was thinking about how easily people can be brainwashed we know how people can be brainwashed by a word a sentence or even a feeling so I understand that completely. And that's kind of where I was going with it. As in like, you know, the rich 1%, the the oddball kind of comes in and destroys the family in some way. That's kind of how I was feeling about it. That makes sense. And you're right. We can definitely resonate with that considering what's going on in our politics, you know, like the cult-like brainwashing. Um, so that's, that's a great way to look at it. I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was predictable. Once I f- figured out who... Um, why they kept switching from 80, some 80, the year 86, 87, whatever it was, to 2018. I'm just like, who the heck is Jane? It took me a minute, like a minute. Yeah. And I'm just finally, I was like, oh, that's her mother. Okay, so she's pregnant. Okay, so now it's Andrea. Okay, got it. But yeah, it was very predictable after a certain point. And I yeah. was kind of bored after that. <laughs> it's like, okay, next. So you want to talk about the adaptation now? I sure do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got your list? Cause <laughs> Go ahead and spearhead that one, Champagne. We'll sit back and wait for you to... <gasps> you already know. Okay, so let me just say this. I get why they made the modifications and the theories as it relates to the mother, Jane's role, because in the book, it really was all about the daughter, right? And so it was sort of like, well, what's the mother doing while the daughter is doing all of this stuff, going and find all these people? And so they had to figure out a way to get her a a role in there since they had this star. I mean, she's she's not a, you know, B actress. So, you know, get her some roles in that show. But I am so disappointed in so many of the changes that they made. I I just don't even understand. I don't even understand why a Charlie was even in the picture. Like, who the heck was he? And I. 
And then I don't even understand, like, was the dad, was, was her dad, like, molesting her? Because in the movie, he's putting stuff in her drink. Like, I just don't even understand what was happening. But go ahead. That was, I thought that was in the book that he tried to molest her in the book. Maybe right. Okay. That's what I remember in the book. But in the movie, did you feel that? Because then later on, it was like he was trying I to make her the, lose the baby. Yeah. I felt, her, I felt that when he was kind of like, when she was going out for that last performance and he was just like, you know, putting her hair together and we can go out and we can start over a new life, just me and you. Do you remember right, that scene? Right, so creepy. But so they didn't I thought flesh out that he was trying to sleep with her then. They didn't flesh that out enough for me in the movie. Like, I felt that because it did mention that in the book, but in the movie, it was just like brushed over. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. that was one of the reasons why she would hate her father, right? <laughs> right, because it didn't well, and, be, and he also, he also, you know, was trying to kill the baby too. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, I did notice that like there was some kind of creepy pedophile thing going with like the father and her. I didn't I didn't take away that he was actually molesting her, but I had to take away that he was like grooming her to be who he wanted her to be, but also was passing those lines of moving her hair and kind of touching her inappropriately. And like owning her. Yeah, like he was like that was like his doll that he was creating. So to me, it wasn't really a I don't didn't pick up on like the actual sex of the molestation. I'm not saying that's what has um limit too, but I was more kind of like taken away as this like little doll that he was creating in his image and she had to be that. And he was sexualizing that image is kind of what I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. he's disgustingly creepy, but right, yes. that's the that point. But so I'm just like, what happened to Claire the dancer who didn't die? She had Alzheimer's. Why does she have to like bang her hand to keep from playing the piano? Cause that didn't happen at all. And her brother, like the movie was in the 80s. And so I thought it was so significant that the brother would die from AIDS and then just sort yeah. of all the symbolism behind that and how people treated AIDS victims. And of course that never happened. And then she never. supposedly lost the other baby because Nick beat her up. Like I just, <sighs> Champagne, go ahead down your list. Go ahead. But she didn't lose the baby, right? She lost one baby from Nick. Oh, originally. Yeah. In the right, book. Right, right. Yeah. But in the movie, right. she didn't. Like to me, that really sealed how evil he was. He beat her mm-hmm. so she could lose that baby. And right. then he was going to do it again. And she knew it, mm-hmm. which is why she got away from him. We, you didn't get that from the movie at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, which is I'm hooking up with my brother's friend and I'm kind of in love with him. And let me just keep his baby and run away because he's dangerous. Yep. Well, it's kind of what the movie gave away versus what the book was like. They were really enthralled with each other. They had already been through this before. So she knew that she would get beat and the baby would die if she stayed. And that's why she left. Right. And I, I hate that they missed the mark on that because the domestic violence is so it's an everyday thing you hear about it but it's not discussed as much and as much as it should be to me and so I think like leaving that part in of how she had already been beaten and the baby died from the first from the book right was so right. important to me and the fact that it wasn't in the series was kind of disappointing for me the part and that, you brought that desperation of why she had to leave sorry champagne she ahead. made a choice for herself and the baby but like in the movie it was kind of like well I kind I've always wanted to be a mom. Right. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. <laughs> my my whole issue, one of my issues was the way she acted around Nick. Because she seemed like, um, I guess she was so bold and defiant with him 
verses in the book when she was just like, oh my God, I'm so in love. I'm so in love. I'll do anything you say. You can't leave me. Um, I would die. I'm nothing without you kind of thing or whatever. But in the movie, it, it was almost like she was so defiant. It didn't take much for her to roll out or right. say, talk back to him or whatever the case was. But it was it was just totally different in the book. She was more passive um, right. to me in the in book. the book, she was a person who was head over heels in love. She could not function without this man. She didn't think her life could exist without this man. I mean, he beat her up, made her lose the baby, and then she's still with him. So it was like, you're right. It was like, it took every ounce of her to leave him. But in the movie, yes. it was just like, you know, deuces, I'm out. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, in the book, it was like, you, you could feel the struggle of, oh my God, I love him so much, but oh my God, I got to leave because this is wrong, what he's doing, killing all these people, killing my dad and all this stuff or whatever. But yeah, it, it was a constant struggle before for her to leave. And yeah. it showed that much harder how much it was, that, that much harder for her to leave because of her love for him versus, you know, him, him killing everybody, blowing up people and stuff. We've all been in like that first love situation where like we kind of ignore like those giant waving red flags because we love that person. And I feel like that's something relatable for not even just women, but men also when it comes to like that first love type situation where you have to learn how to set those boundaries. So I was looking forward to seeing that in the um, series just because I've been there. I know plenty of people have been there where they love that person so they make excuses for their behavior and then when it gets too much they have to leave type thing mm -hmm. and so that's what I was looking for also was for her to touch on or at least the whoever produced it or decided to rewrite or make story changes but yeah. I was really looking forward to that too you know the, the strange thing is that I had so such high hopes on the first two episodes I was like oh this is it's going to do it. It's going to, it's going to stay the same as the book. And to see the credit, <laughs> I was in it. I was like, oh, go ahead, Karen. But then it, it just fell off. And what makes matters even worse is that she was the executive producer. So that is strange. Yeah. I'm I really know what I she was thinking. I saw that too. And I was just like, well, wait a minute. That means she had a little bit of a say. Why did she let it go off? And I'm sorry, like the person that played the daughter, what's her name? What's the daughter's name? Andy. Andy got uh, on my Bella. nerves so bad in the movie that I just, Andy was the worst in the movie. <laughs> and I don't mean yeah. like the acting. I hated her. I just I, mean I her role her. was horrible to me in the movie. Like you just want to smack her. I will say her demeanor was what was driving me crazy. But if you look at the the real Laura, she was so like stone faced like that. So serious like mm -hmm. that, too. So I was kind of thinking that she kind of overplayed the grown up her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe yeah. it, but. You think, I think Laura that, overplayed the grown up Laura? No, the young Laura or Jane, Jane. overplayed because she tried to. Um, deliver that same uh, personality of grown-up Laura to me. Oh yeah, like, so I, I, and see, so, I liked her. I, I was like, really I don't like Andy. Andy, her daughter right. was the one I couldn't deal with. Oh, 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 oh yeah, oh. Andy. I couldn't. I thought stand. you're talking about the the girl that played the young uh, Jane. The young Jane oh. was played by Jessica. Uh, Barden and I think she did a good job because like and or not Andy Jane was very little I mean when she was very little she was like pacified and not able to like speak out so she was so quiet and stone-faced because she had no voice in this one person of society so it came across very cold in the show but I still was like it kind of made sense because if you have your girl who's being groomed to be a certain thing and not have any rights and not have any voice then it makes sense to be 
so quiet and that's true i misunderstood i thought you guys were talking about her but yeah the um andy yeah, andy she's a stone cold <laughs> idiot <laughs> Right there, right there. <laughs> like, you know what? I was screaming at the television when this crazy girl first, twice I screamed at the television. First time was when she ran out of the hotel room with the cop was with her after the, somebody came in with the cop. Uh, they were fighting and mm-hmm. she ran out. I'm like, do you not think he Where are you going? Where you going? Where, where is you going? You know people are after you and I you're do, like, I need to take that lamp wow. and knock him upside going? the head. <laughs> the like, why not time? stay with the cop who's protecting you? Why not help the cop? It's two against one at this point. Second is her (laughs) climbing into this trunk, y'all. I lost my entire (laughs) self. I lost it completely. Like, what what are you doing? Who does that? Why was that smart? Who does that? You need to watch a few more documentaries on like uh, on Netflix to understand that you just don't be you have two criminals and you are killing them by climbing into their trunk. Makes a lot of sense to me. Let's do it. It's like in those horror movies when you're like, don't run into the woods and the abyss. Like, it's a terrible idea. You're going to die first. Boom. And look what happened. Sure is commercials. And it was was so um, unrealistic. Like, like, they didn't see her because when they opened up the trunk, the phone rang. I mean, come on. Like, that whole oh, part whole trunk opening, dumb. nice try. Like, you're going to yeah. see it. There's a whole adult body climbing into a trunk. You're going to see it. So, exactly. Yeah, comes with that. Who saw yes, Champagne, the insurance commercials, what I thought of. And, like, this, the killer's just Why like, don't we get into the running you? car? <laughs> exactly. How about we go into this garage with all the chainsaws? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> I laugh at the commercial to this day. Like still, because it's so accurate. <laughs> I should have known you was gonna get it, Liz. God, yeah, you know, my, my mind lives at this sometimes here and there and whatever. But yes, there was a that, couple um, of the series that I did enjoy. Of course, how you said it stuck with like the plot and some of the changes, like the the cabin and like the woods where that she was like living in and it catching on fire. That part I was like, what am I watching right now? Like, what? How did we get here? Why? <laughs> Like, why? 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 I just want to ask them. Like, I think Karen's got to put so much thought and then like into the details, the small details in every other book. Like whether it's um, I mean like a like a spoken uh, detail or an actual like the uh, description of a scene of a house or whatever. I feel like she puts so much work into her detailed descriptions that why would you allow them to produce this movie or this show like this? <laughs> right, and just sitting right there. Right. I don't. It's not you. It wasn't her. And no offense, people are like change and something different, but like you have a cult following, bruh. We want to see Karen slaughter. <laughs> right. Right. I agree with you. The whole even meeting the father in the woods and getting the nickel. Why? Right. Why? Like, why? <laughs> why does she need that nickel? What did it mean? I don't it know. To, I know it had the on the back of it. Only thing I saw was that the it only had United and the States of America was scribbled off or something. I guess that's their way of letting us know that what was the point of the coin in the first well. Place? So like to me, if he would have given her a dollar bill, mm-hmm. it would have made more sense because remember in like their whole cult, all of them had like money names, yep. and she was I thought he was he, nickel. He, was he was nick? Oh, was he nickel? He was nickel. Yeah, yeah he was oh, nickel. Okay. Well, then now it makes sense. Thanks, Korea. Because I, I was that. with them. I was like, I don't get the name. Over the hedge. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Lost that so one. Saying, it's in the book, it makes so much sense because she's so detail oriented. Where were those details in? the series. Not reading the book, like would that nickel have meant anything? Because they didn't even focus on the nicknames that everyone got. 
gave you know what i mean like we Probably didn't hear a tv yeah. all the time in the movie it, oh yeah that's true that is a good point like if i didn't read the book what i've known would have known like the significance of the nickel i guess or other things also no Just, yeah, i don't think so i'm so wrong i mean like we say authors and, and i know i'm kind of like passed by in the situation but often we do say if you just watch the series by itself without reading the book before, it is a good series. Do I think like Netflix is doing the an injustice to like Karen Slaughter's legacy by making some kind of crap? like that yes but i think people should of course read the book because the book makes the show make some sense <laughs> not all sense because some of it i was like what the hell is going on but it does do it justice to actually read the book first yeah yeah i mean i guess i mean the way the can you just say that the way the series ended on the stupid beach just was just dumb <laughs> like why didn't she she found out about something Right before the beach scene. What was it? It was something she found out. Oh, that, found out that um, her mom actually gave the gun to gun. the lady. Right. So that's that you, you're not going to have that conversation. I mean, is it? W- did you make it a point like, oh, it's over? Is that the point? Y'all walking along the beach now? I'm just so confused and I don't want to be confused. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I just I wasn't happy. I was I wasn't happy with the book from the start. But then, I mean, my goodness, if you're going to write a book that's not Karen Slaughter to me, you need to yeah. at least make that series mirror the book and if you're not going to make it mirror the book then you better do some cutting and stabbing like a typical Karen Slaughter book <laughs> oh I have some uh interesting I guess news I should say yeah um Girl Forgotten is the second book in the pieces of her series it's called actually um Olivia or Andrea Oliver there's a Andrea, part yeah, uh, Andrea Oliver. that is that series so book two just came out I think last year uh, did you say that was good news or you just said you had news <laughs> I said I had news <laughs> I was like, uh, don't know if that's yeah, we're gonna have to think on. Well, you know, we won't read it unless it's made into a series or a movie, and you know, that'll be. Some uh, I started first chapter already, so I've already started reading it. But um, I'll let you know if it's a lot better than pieces of her. But there, I just want to let you know there is a series, and it's the Andrea Oliver series. Yeah, um, Vito already. Yeah, I. She has so many good books. I don't want to read any more pieces of her stuff. <laughs> Well, she might get better. She might kill something. Cause she's crazy now. So maybe I don't know. I just think they take like their dynamic duo on like the streets and just be like two badass bitches. Excuse my language. But yeah, I don't know. So Andy's gonna you know. stop being a little punk then because that whole movie. Of course, she can't go backwards. Can't go backwards. Mouth. She went too far. She can't go back. Right. Okay. But I kind of took it like she was kind of being a little passive punk because like her mom was so protective and yeah, she so was hyper she was, aware of like you know of the possibility of her being found and her marrying a guy that like actually knew the story so that he could protect them also so i, I get it so why she was so meek but it was like mm-hmm. the meekness is done yeah people but- are trying to kill you yes you don't run outside when the killer's in the hotel by yourself we have the part where like her mom was being like, you know, hogtied and whatnot. She's like sneaking around trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, oh, are we an adult? I thought you were 30. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> I think that was part of the problem that she was supposed to be so old. Yeah. No. Yeah, you live in New York City. How did you move back to South Carolina from New York City and you don't have no kind of like common street, street sense? Smart. Like, wh- yeah. What yeah. were you doing in New York City, living in like, I don't know, Montauk or the Hamptons? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm 
felt, but I felt like in the book, she was naive and, you know, a little punk. But the way Karen described her details, it was as if she did have this hidden street smarts that was sort of coming to life. Yeah. She was going down this road and she would do this Google and she would have her thinking about, oh, well, I better not go to this site because I need to block this. And so all of that stuff, you felt like, OK, you got it in you, girl, you got it in you. But I got none of that from the movie. So can we talk about Amari? We can get to casting. Yeah. I feel like we kind of touched every point. If anything else to say, that's fine. I just feel like we touched every point on the adaptation itself. Um, Who we get first? I love Amari Hardwick. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure I was loving him in this movie because I was just looking for some, you know, James St. Patrick. But um, Ellery was like, oh, look at ghosts. Oh, wait, we're going to together. I was like, yeah, that's name. I mean, the nerdy look, he was still sexy. I was like, okay. They couldn't have caught him in the shower just once. Once. Just once. You know why we're here. You know right. why you're here. You weren't hired to be clothed. You got sir. one job. Show <laughs> <laughs> one. One job. Next, nice try, Omari. Nice, next time, clothes off. <laughs> right. You see this tattoo? the eagle wing and all that and we need it sorry exactly. now y'all talking about him i'm talking about what's his name the 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 officer mm-hmm. who, who are you talking about right the, the yeah, one that was, was protecting name. andy was there something i like that relationship huh sorry i'm looking for his name i forgot i'm what you say Trevo? I said, was it something attractive about him? Uh, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was nice. Yeah. 100%. He was Michael Vargas in the series, but he was, uh, his name is Jacob Capello. Yeah, he was cute. Right. I can't pronounce his name. I, know, I was like, look at you. I was very, I was kind of excited they got together. Yeah. And she needs somebody that will protect her. He needed a damsel in type of distress, but they kind of bonded from it. So I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I right. thought he was going to die, though, to be honest with you, in the book. <laughs> I mean, in the movie. I thought he was going to die. Yeah, me too. I thought they were just going to knock him off and announce, who lives from poison? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I always love uh, Toni Collette, like, in everything that she does. Yeah. Oh, yes. I and really love her. She has a distinct like look and features, but I feel like she's able to pull off that resting bitch face like nobody else. Like she had to be cold sometimes. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, you're giving me chills. She, me need like 10, she needs like to gain 10 pounds though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's starting to look old around the eyes right now. Lack of weight. Yeah, it's not. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's like, you don't, please don't go get no Botox. Right. But yeah, just gain like a little bit of weight because she just, mm-hmm. she was looking scary to me, but she played it. All day long. Great actors, for sure. Yeah, I've always loved yeah, them. I was pleased by the cast. Like, uh, they didn't have that many people that I knew of. Of course, mm-hmm. Tony Collette and um, Maury Hardrick, but like a few of the others, I was like, I don't know who you are, but I think you did a good job. I agree. Yeah. They didn't have any like protests. And usually I have a million. I'm like, I don't know why you even decided to cast these people. <laughs> but this time, like, I think they did a pretty accurate job to what I had envisioned in my head when I was like reading the book. Right. I mean, aside from the fact that they added characters that I think were unnecessary and they were not needed, it doesn't have anything to do with the acting skills. It's just like, why? Why did you add them? Right. You know, I was looking forward to this random back on the story, but I I remembered something. So I was looking forward to seeing um, the fight between Laura and or Jane and Paula. Yeah, That that was the highlight of the entire story for me. Right, mom, she's out of bullets. Yes. Right. That she's protecting her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. They they just 
It drops. Yeah, my, I, look, I was thinking about my rating, and based on that alone, it went down. <laughs> I was like, "What happened to Paula?" I was right. waiting for her to like appear in like the whole cabin scene that she was right. like, "Yeah, your mom, she's crazy type thing." Right. She is funny. Yeah, she was all. I kind of pictured no offense to anybody, but like trailer trash, like smoke twenty mats on the weekend, yeah. and like you know tries to like start trouble because uh, she peaked in high school type thing. That's right. what I was looking for. I, didn't, I, didn't miss I, I was looking for what's her name from Mozart? Ruth? Ruth. Oh, I need a Ruth. Yeah, it was like a Ruth, right. like less of like a bad powerhouse, more of like a tiny crackhead. It's kind of a little bit like a messy bun that just never gets like taken down. It's always at right the top of her head. And, and that's what that just hangs right here when she talks. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's definitely I had a vision of Paula. And I did too, for sure. <laughs> that was that's the only one a, I really had like a vision a of. A visual, yeah. Because like when she's on the phone and then when she got in person like in the book and then she was like screaming at her talking about your mother this like yeah. I I I think she's like you? Karen you? like a trailer trash Karen yes 100% <laughs> yep I agree. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot all about that. That pissed me off so mad and bad in the series. I really wanted to see that fight scene. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, y'all ready to rate? I'm definitely ready to rate this. Okay. So for me, that adaptation gets um, a half glass. I was thinking about giving it a sip, but there were some parts that were pretty accurate. So I'm giving it a half glass. Omari helped helped to get an out at half glass. Too. Yeah, I was about to give it a long day, but with the fight scene that I let, remembered at the last minute, it definitely gets a half a glass for me too. So I'm gonna round it out with another half glass also because I had so many high hopes for this, and it is even like. <laughs> Like the typical Carrie's letter. I get that. After reading the book, I was like, cool. It's not typically her, but it's what they chose. And so I was like, all right, I hope they take this and like run with it in the series. Right. They dropped the baton a few times, had us restart the race. <laughs> and I just feel like the four by four was done. So I don't know what we were right. watching. So I'm just going to give it a half glass also. I wish I could be like in the room when they do the next Karen Slaughter. No, you don't. Need they, don't do that. Players. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yes. Don't pick her. Don't pick him. But I feel like she needs like us as consultants to be exactly. Like, they all do. Consumers, we we no veto veto no. Nope. Casting in here, somebody else. Yeah. Where's where's the script? I need some kind of script beforehand to know what you <laughs> put in there, taking out. I, I, you need the writer and the consumer for this. You do. You <laughs> definitely do. for definitely for the cast. Not going back to Dragon Tattoo, but I'm just saying definitely for the cast. Like this could be. I mean, it's oh, you gonna let it go to the no. adaptation critics to be like, no, no, this ain't it, bro. No, this ain't it. <laughs> no. Well, when they're really Try good, again. Like, crazy rich Asians, we can be like, this is it. This is it. That's how you do an adaptation. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, All right. Well, it doesn't get a full glass from us, but not. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry, we still love you, but do better. Not yes. this one. Got to do better, Karen. Not we this. love you. Do better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.